In this month's episode of Table Tennis Talk, we wrap up an explosive 2019 with the World Tour Grand Finals and the US Open. Japan and China also showcase their top players with the Japan Top 12 and Marvelous 12. And we wrap up the show with our favorite moments of 2019 and predictions of 2020. Our first prediction is that you will listen to this podcast. Welcome, everyone, to episode 10 of Table Tennis Talk. I am so happy to be here. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Lewis, and here I have Joey Cochran. How's it going, Joey? It's going good. How are you doing? Great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry <laughs> Christmas. It's been a good year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We uh, we have a, um, I would say this is kind of a special episode. We've We've got some special segments. Uh, for everyone, and there's been a ton of news. Hope, uh, this is probably going to be a long one. So yeah, definitely a lot of news. End of the year, yeah. uh, just things are happening. A lot of things coming up. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it should be a good one. So let's uh, let's just jump into it. Uh, Joey, how did your how did your month go? Uh, it, well, it was parts of it were really busy and parts of it were nice and relaxing. Um, cool. like around Christmas and new year's, I basically didn't do anything, which was That's nice. Awesome. Uh, before that was the U S open, um, which went really well. Um, for the most part, I got second place in the under 2500s, wow. which That's is, awesome. I want to say it's better than I've ever done. I usually don't perform very well at the U S open for some reason. Cool. Um, but I, I played really good this time, got second in the 2500s, um, for international people, that's like, it has a lot of the same people in the men's singles and the women's singles as in the 2500s. It's just like, mm. it's almost like an extra event that people can play. Um, some of the top players can't play because their rating is too high. Um, okay. And then some of the players just choose not to, but it still is a very tough event. It's it's the highest rating event in the US. Um, that's awesome. And then in the men's singles, um, I got to the third round, which I'd say is pretty good. I lost mm. to a kid from Puerto Rico who the, – the matches on YouTube, I, I haven't gone and seen it yet because I was a little <laughs> embarrassed about losing it. But the kid is really good. Um, the first two games I was up and I lost both. Mm. Uh, so I went down 2-0 and in reality I felt like I should have been up 2-0. Mm. And uh, – I ended up losing 4-1, but I just kind of dug myself a hole that I couldn't get out of. So, Dang. Um, yeah, that was that was a little tough to lose that one, but he, the kid played awesome. He's a really good player. Cool. Um, and then, let's see, the hard bat. I played in the hard bat and got second place That's in that. Awesome. I played in the sandpaper event where you have to literally just play with sandpaper. Yeah. So... I did you make your you said you were going to make your racket yeah I went to Walmart and bought some sandpaper I, I talked to Dan Jr. We, he was on the show earlier uh, this year and yeah. he had already tried out like a whole bunch of different grits of sandpaper <laughs> and like which grit should I use I don't know so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I I forget which one I use is like 220 or something okay and I put it on played played pretty good I got to the semifinals and cool. lost to the same guy that beat me in the finals of the hard bat Oh, nice. Um, good player. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I played uh, in doubles with Dan C. Miller Sr., which was really fun. He's my coach yeah. growing up. Really good player. Uh, we're both trying out for the Olympics, so he's been training a lot. I've been training a lot. And, yeah, it was it was really fun to play with him. So That's awesome. And we did just kind of okay. We, we lost, I think, in the second round. Um, and... It was a winnable match, and we mm. we didn't pull it out. I, I always feel like every match is winnable, right? Like <laughs> every, whether I win or lose, I could be playing Ma Long and losing. Yeah. Oh, I should have won it. Dang it! So, yeah. Um, yeah, we lost to a Canadian team, which mm. they played good, and they're a good team. So it's okay. That's a lot of different events you were in. Yeah, it was. I think I played six events. So yeah, quite a was bit. Was it like? Did they spread them out over the the week? Were you just busy all week playing stuff? 
Yeah, it was spread out. I think I I started on Tuesday and I finished on Saturday, <laughs> which I actually wish it wasn't spread out so much because usually by Saturday, I'm just like ready to go home. Oh, okay. I've been playing ping pong every day, all yeah. day for five days and yeah. I'm ready. So I would rather it was like three days or something. <laughs> Got it. So. Cool. Um, then I started, so I'm preparing a YouTube channel. There's a lot more to come on that. Um, I don't have any videos posted yet, but it'll be based around table tennis. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it too much, but I've been preparing my house basically for <laughs> that. Cool. Um, and then I've just been training a lot for, for the Olympics, which is coming up in, at the end of February. So, wow. yeah, kind of a busy month, but then like two weeks of it was like, I'm not doing anything except for sitting on the couch and yeah. playing video games kind of thing That's and watching good. movies. That's good. So, yeah. The, the trials are at the end of February. The, yeah, the, the, Olympics. the Olympic team trials are at the end of February. Okay. Yeah. Where the, where's that at? It's in Santa Monica. Huh. Okay. So, yeah, the, we've talked about this a couple of times and we've been getting information, which a lot of it actually has been wrong information. So, we've <laughs> kind of been reporting things and then going back on our reporting and then so the official prospectus has come out and cool. the Olympic team, the, the Olympic board or the USATT board selected three of the members or four of the members to be on the Olympic team without having to try out or do anything. They just selected mm -hmm. them. Um, and then the final spot is for, it will be played for at the trials. Mm -hmm. So That's tough. yeah, there's one spot remaining and I'm hoping to get it. So yeah, well, good luck. Thanks. So yeah, how's how's your month been? Um, yeah, my month has been super busy too. Um, I was not playing at the U.S. Open, um, and I did not take two weeks off to relax. So <laughs> I um, I I just kind of got back into working and getting productive, um, doing my my courses and stuff. So cool. Um, that's been. That's been good. I also started um, training for a 5K again. Oh, sweet. So, Which one are you doing? Um, it's one in May. Uh, I'm actually... Is it the Nestle 5K? I don't know. Oh, okay. There's a Nestle 5K that's like my favorite 5K of the year. I do it Is every it around, year. around here? Yeah, it's in Springville. I don't think so. I think, um, I think the one it might be in Cottonwood Canyon... Okay. I don't know. Uh, I'm doing it. I'm going to run it with my trainer. So um, she has all the details. But gotcha. Cool. Yeah, just got back into that. So that'll that'll be interested. I'll probably have, uh, I'll probably be very sore in our next <laughs> ping pong lessons. And Cool. Um, it's been a while since we played because I've been yeah. out of town and yeah. working late and all kinds of other things. So I'll probably play better than I've played all year. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's the case. Like when you yeah. take some time off, like your first lesson back or your first matches, you play better than you did when before you left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's basically my month. I, I think I was, I was probably playing a lot of video games too, trying to keeping track of like the books and the video games that I uh, play and read throughout the year. And so the end of the year, I'm all like scrambling, like, cause there's a lot of games or books that I like read and then I've just got a little bit left. And so I'm, I'm trying to wrap everything up. So I had like four or five books that I'm like 90% of the way through that I just didn't finish off. I oh, should have finished them off. It was the perfect break. timing too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, cool. Okay. Let's move on into the content of the episode. So, uh, First up there, we, we do have an update. So 2020, it's a new year. Um, we've been doing this podcast, not quite for a year yet, but um, what we are, are committing to a date to having the podcast released. Uh, up until now, it we've kind of been shooting for the middle of the month, 15th through the 18th is kind of the idea. And, and it's just, I don't know. I don't love the idea of a date because it could be a Sunday. It could be a Friday. Uh, we are going to shoot for the second Tuesday of each month to have the podcast out and to you. So, yeah, um, should be nice and consistent that way, yeah. and hopefully easier for for you guys listening. Um, and yeah, it's yeah, should be good. I think that way. Yeah, it'll be good for us too because then we kind of always know when we're going to be recording instead of just playing it by ear every single month. Right. Um, Okay, let's move into some news. Um, yeah. Um, what's the news, Joey? Okay, so um, I'm actually going to start with something that 
I just found out uh, like a week ago, a couple, maybe a couple weeks ago, uh, U.S. Nationals in 2020 is actually going to be in Salt Lake City. Um, oh, it's official. It's official. Yep. So oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Cause I mean, we're, we live pretty close to Salt Lake City yeah. and it's almost like a local tournament for us. So. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be really fun to have <clears throat> it here. Who can join? So anyone who's a U.S. citizen can join. So I could play it too. Yep. Yep. So and it's actually, I cool. think anyone, even international people can play rating events yeah. if they have a rating, which is uncommon. Yeah. But for any of like the age events, you have to be a U.S. citizen. That's cool. Or a green card holder. So yeah, um, that'll be really cool. So moving on, um, Lily Zhang was the ITTF Breakthrough Player of the Year. Wow. So at the end of the year, um, ITTF, they host like an award ceremony um, and they have all sorts of awards for different things. And uh, Lily won won the Breakthrough Player of the Year. And it's got to be, I want to say, from the Women's World Cup where she made it to the semis. Yeah. Um, that was just really awesome. I, I've kind of felt for a while that Lily hasn't um, performed up to her abilities and then she kind of, yeah, she broke through. So... I think it was a really deserved uh, award for it. Yeah, I was I was looking at her ranking. She actually started 2019 96th in the world uh-huh. and ended 26th, which is like wow. an insane rise. Like that's 70 places. That's really good. I don't think anybody who I don't think anybody on on either side has come even close to something like that in 2019. So yeah, um, there was also new tech at the World Tour Finals, right? Yeah. So the tech. I'm, I I love it. I always <laughs> like seeing the statistics and um, seeing technology integrated into sports. Um, and table tennis, I feel like, has kind of lagged behind some of the other sports. Like, yeah, for sure. Like football, especially, or yeah, yeah. like even tennis or other racket sports. So um, at the at the World Tour Grand Finals, they had a replay system where you can actually challenge calls. Cool. Um, and who can, th- who can challenge them? The opponent or the coach? Uh, I, th- I'm not actually sure. I want to say okay. either, like the players or sure. the coaches. Um, yeah. it probably has to come from the players, but the coach can tell them, like, "Hey, challenge that right. kind of thing." So, yeah. um, and this is good for a lot of reasons. One is because I think some umpires are a little bit afraid to make a call. Yeah. But if they make a call now and the player can challenge it, so this happened a few times where the umpire faulted um, a serve. And then the player challenged it. So, and it turned out both in both cases uh, that I'm aware of that the player was actually wrong. The umpire was right oh, okay. in the call, but they're they're more like emboldened to make the right call, even though like because the umpire doesn't want to affect the match in a negative way. Like sure. So, it allows the umpires to do their job a little bit better. Cool. Uh, and then if the players feel like they've been cheated on a call, then they can they can challenge it, which is really good. Yeah. So. It's cool. So there were two cases that I'm aware of. One of them was with, one of them was with Ma Long. Um, he was hiding the ball with his head uh, after okay. the serve, and then like it would barely come out before his contact point. So you could actually see the contact, yeah. but it was totally hidden up until like the moment of contact. Huh. So, and he got called on it. He challenged it, and then he lost the challenge, got which it. was the okay. right call. When I was watching it, I was like, "How in the heck did that umpire even see that yeah. it was hidden?" Like. She was like, like that's, that was a really good call. Like, Do they have like a screen that they're able to look at as well? Like the umpires? The umpires? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. They didn't show it. that's something that like you kind of have to be straight on. Right. Yeah, that's what I was um, thinking. So maybe maybe they do have a screen. I yeah. don't know. Huh. And then another one, which in my opinion is more of a controversial one. Uh, Lin Gaoyuan from China was faulted for throwing the ball basically sideways, um, which it was the right call, but the, the way that the rules are stated, it says the ball needs to be thrown nearly vertical. So just to quote the rule book, it says the server shall then project the ball near vertically upwards Mm. is in like in quotes, what the, what the rules say. So it's a very subjective rule. Like what does near vertical mean? Like, it could mean something completely different for me than it is for you. And I've seen, I've been to tournaments, big tournaments where the umpire will make a call for, for a fault serve. And then Mm. the player will actually get a different umpire to, to, to 
like umpire the match. And wow. Like you can request a different umpire because for different reasons. And sure. It, and both, um, like one umpire might call the serve and then the next time umpire might not call the serve. Yeah. So like, and they're both right is the problem because mm. it's nearly vertical and it's just a subjective call. So yeah. there, I don't know if it's been implemented or not, but there is a new rule. I've, I've tried to find this on ITTF and I haven't found anything definitive that the ball needs to be thrown within 30 degrees of vertical. Okay. Which is a good, That's in my better. opinion, a, a much better rule. Like you need yeah. to have something definitive. Like this yeah. is legal. This is illegal. Yeah. And right now it's not that way. So with Lin Gao Yen, he threw the ball and it was like 54 degrees or something. It was <laughs> yeah. like almost sideways. It was pretty bad. <laughs> and, and he got caught, he got faulted on it, but I mean, maybe that's not near, maybe that's nearly vertical to, to Lin Gao Yen. So like, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> like yeah. the way I've always kind of <laughs> thought about it is like, if it goes up more than it goes sideways, it's probably fine. Like, I'm not going to call it, sure. but that's, I don't know. That's just my own interpretation of it. So I mean, when you see Lin Gao Yen serves, I, it doesn't surprise me because his serves are really sideways. Like, I mean, when, especially when you watch him playing against someone else, when you compare like the throws to who his opponent. Oh yeah. I mean, he's practically tossing it into his pocket. I mean, it's like, it's so, it's bad. It's so sideways. Overall, I love the technology and I'm, I'm glad that they're actually fixing this serve rule cause it needed yeah. to be fixed for a long time and they have a way to like actually track it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tech, the ITTF has also improved their ranking site. Uh, so they, they, it looks like they rebuilt it from the ground up. Um, I did well, go, I, I saw that they redid it and yeah. it's a lot better. It seems yeah, like a lot, yeah. a lot cleaner. It's easier to do research on there. So a lot of times, like, you know, especially when we're prepping for the podcast, we, we go on and we try to figure out, okay, you know, if this person won, like what's their track record, you know, if they've ever played this person before, how did they go? And it's on the old website, it was always really hard to figure out like, historicals a lot of times it only kept like the last 10 or 11 um results for a person and now they keep basically all the results going back to i don't even know how far it goes back but it goes back pretty far um so it's it's i don't know it's awesome i, I love it I've, I've been using it a lot this week and and um and very the ITTF website it. has been needing to be updated for a long time <laughs> yeah. so I'm glad that they're starting to come yeah. around and, and do some of those updates. Considering that we were both in like I, the web software tech industry, um, I think we were, we're a little more judgmental about it than most people yeah, probably. probably are. Um, and then some, some big sponsor news that kind of knocked me down when I heard it uh, is Dimitri Ovtarev has joined Team Butterfly and left Donick. Pretty surprising. I when you messaged me about that, I was I was pretty shocked because he's been Donick since as long since as I've known him. Yeah, and I mean, at least I want to say at least thirteen years. And he, I met him like thirteen years ago at the Worlds, and he was, he was Donick full then. on Donick, and he was I, I want to say since he was a little kid. Yeah, I mean, and he was. He wasn't just Team Donick. He was like the Donick. He's the poster child. Yeah, of he was Donick. the poster child. So I, I really like losing someone like that. I really wonder, um, like, is Donick gonna like who would Donick replace him with? Um, I don't know. And Donick makes really good equipment too. Like, yeah, I. I like Butterfly as far as like rackets and I love the new Dignics. Yeah. So maybe he wanted to use Dignics and yeah. Donick didn't want him to do that. But hmm. Donick in general, I think has really good equipment as well. And it's just not, not something I've really used a whole lot, but. Yeah. They did say that his, um, his like equipment with Butterfly was, uh, like a custom ALC blade, which I guess they worked with him to make. And then, um, Dignix 05 on both sides. So, um, it's that Dignix magic. He just wanted it. I think that's what it must've been. I mean, he wants to perform to his best. And yeah. if he thinks he can do better with 
butterflies equipment, then it's a tough choice to make because Donick's been around for a long time. It's almost like there's got to be, I mean, I'm sure he feels it's almost like a divorce or something where like (laughs) he's been with them for so long and they've supported him since probably before he even deserved it. And a lot of times companies will, will pick out like juniors that they see promise in and they'll, they'll try to connect with them and sponsor them and help them get better. And without that sponsorship, he might not have gotten as good as he did. Um, and a lot of times as the kids get older, some of them will drop off and some of them will continue to progress. And I mean, obviously he continued to progress. So yeah, it's, it's, it's gotta be really hard on, on both parties. Cause I'm sure that Donick might feel a little betrayed and, um, for sure. Dimitri's gotta be like, there's gotta be some like sadness there. Yeah. They, they also, th- this is one of the other reasons that I was so surprised is they actually, um, Donick released the Ovtarov number one blade last year. Like, so not even, they didn't even get like a year out of it with it before he left. Man, um, that's going to be like a collector's item or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to move on to tournaments? Yeah. Let's move on to tournaments. There's, oh, there's so many to talk about. Um, the big one is the World Tour Grand Finals happened in the middle of December. Um, it took place in China, and um, China was the keyword for pretty much all of the results. Yeah, they they took everything. It seems like yeah. Um, just some 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 of the results. Uh, Fan Zhendong took gold, uh, beat Ma Long uh, in the finals. Uh, it was a really good really good finals. Uh, Ma Long was playing amazingly. Um, but Fan Zhendong, I, I feel like, I feel like Fan Zhendong is the new golden child of, of China. I think. I think you're right. I think there's no way around it. Fan Zhendong. And then it, it, like Xu Xin will, will make little pokes at number one and he's been around for so long. Yeah. Like, but Fan Zhendong is, I think he's their number one guy right yeah. now. Yeah. Xu Xin, child. Xu Xin was definitely like, well, he was like Ma Long's generation. So he's kind of always had to play second fiddle to Ma Long. And I think now the, you know, uh, Fan Zhendong is coming in with a new generation. Uh-huh. Um, so. And kind of going back a little bit to the, the ITTF website um, with the new world rankings, you can see their progress if you click on the little chart thing and you can yeah. see like, okay, here's, here's Shushin moving up, moving up and then, hovering around one, two, and three. And then here's Ma Long doing the same thing. And now Fen yeah. Dong. Like it's, it's neat to see that. But I think, I mean, even like the last couple of years, it seems like Fen Dong has just been really good. Really good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, he beats everyone so badly. Yeah. And then uh, for the women's uh, semifinals, it was, so for the men's semifinals, it was all China. And then for the women's semifinals, it was all China and Mima Ito. Uh, so um, she kind of upset that. Um, she she was out in the semifinals. Uh, Chen Meng won gold and Wang Wanyu won silver. Um, so still a China final, but um, Mima Ito got in there. Uh, one thing that was interesting is the men's doubles, uh, the combo of Fan Zhendong and Xu Xin won. And China has actually not won a men's a medal at all in the world tour grand finals since 2011. Wow. Which is crazy. Um, so I don't know. Do do you think they just don't put enough, like they don't care or they don't put attention on it for sure. They're going to put their, like their main attention to the men's singles and the women's singles. Um, but that's still, it's pretty surprising because they're like top, maybe in some years they didn't play it, but that would also be pretty surprising. So, Um, the only thing I can think is some people, they just train for doubles and they, uh, they, they work on doubles all the time and they're a really good doubles matchup and doubles right. is a lot different than singles. So yeah. the movements and things, they can mess you up and, but still, I mean, you have the top, basically the top five for like the last decade yeah. are all from China yeah. and like you should be able to at least medal. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, even with this doubles pairing, Fan Zhendong and Xu Xin are number one and two in the world. So it shows that that even even good singles can do good doubles. Yeah. Um, the women's doubles was kind of a surprising upset. Um, 
uh, Miyu Kihara and Miyu Nagasaki, we will call them the Miyus, um, <laughs> won uh, women's doubles. They also won the World Junior Championships last time we we um, had the podcast. Cool. Um, so that was uh, pretty incredible. Um, and what's even more incredible, this, this is actually to support what you were talking about, good doubles, not good singles. Um, they're neither one are in the top 50, um, world ranking for singles. Yeah. So um, yeah, just like some people just, they're, they're they match up really, really well together and they train together with doubles and yeah. they can be number one <laughs> yeah. in doubles, but number, not even in the top 50 for singles. So. so that was a good combo. Um, good world tour grand finals. Wasn't explosive. Nothing really, um, stood out for me. Just the technology for me. So yeah, everything right. else is kind of um, predictable except for the women's doubles. So. Yeah. Tell me about the U.S. Open. It was it was what? Middle of December? Last middle of December. Uh, I kind of went through my events already, but it's always good to play it. And then it's always fun to watch it. Um, mm, yeah. One of my favorite matches was actually two choppers playing each other in the semifinals of wow. the men's singles. Um, the... The final, it was like a Chinese chopper against a Japanese chopper. Uh, The Japanese guy won, and then he played uh, another Japanese attacker in the finals. Okay. uh, And the chopper won. That was kind of cool. The women's singles was was really fun also, and that's because Lily Zhang won the women's singles. That's great. Yeah, it was her first time ever winning it. Um, Really? Yeah. What? Well, the US (laughs) Open's a tough tournament. A lot of top players will come, and um, yeah, and she took it. So that's awesome. That was, yeah. That's very, a great way to awesome. end the year. Oh yeah. I think first place for the women's was like 10 grand or something. Oh, so. that's a real nice Christmas. Present. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just continuing to play really well. So cool. yeah, it was cool to see that. I was watching it and I was seeing all the Japanese, there was a, there was like a whole Japanese contingent that was sent and was playing. And I was like, who are all these Japanese players? Because it's not like the faces that you normally see. Mm-hmm. And um, I did some research and it's it was actually all players from the JTTL, the Japanese Table Tennis League, which is different from the T-League. So like the JTTL, so the, the T-League is like the major leagues in Japan. And then the JTTL is like the AAA. Like they're like... Um, it's still a league. It's still players where they you can buy tickets to the matches and stuff. Really good players too. I mean, yeah, good players. Just barely below the the top of the line guys. Yeah, but I thought that was interesting because I I haven't really kept up much with the JTTL and uh, and to see them kind of out and playing that was pretty cool. I think that the JTTL is one of the higher paid leagues in the world. I really? remember hearing that. Um, when I was playing full time, like five, six years ago. So that was where a lot of the, like when people almost want to retire, but like don't really want to retire, they're tired of playing and like all the big traveling and everything. They just go to Japan and play the JTTL and make a ton of money. Wow. So it's, it's a good league to play in. If you're in that league, that's, it's, I wonder if it's changed though recently since T league was started. It might've cause T league is, is newer. Yeah. And I don't think it was around, like yeah, six, seven years ago. So. No, it, it just started a couple of years ago. I don't know. It still seems. So when I was getting the, um, uh, the Japanese table tennis magazine, there was like an insert that was like a, a, like a full color, super nice about the JTTL. And I was like, what is this JTTL? I don't know any of these players. Like, what is this thing? So maybe they, maybe there's still a lot of money behind it. It could be. be good. So speaking of Japan, there was the Japan top 12 also right before Christmas, um, do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Japan top 12 was sort of like the, uh, Japanese marvelous 12. Um, and, uh, they actually had one earlier in the year, which was, which was interesting that they would have two in the same year. Um, I think they were, this is like kind of the, the next year Japan top 12, I think probably with Tokyo 2020, they want to like not overload players um playing Makes sense yeah um, but it's basically it's uh 12 best men and women's players um it's a single elimination tournament um is it based on the world rankings or like a national rankings or do you know maybe that's I'll... a great question i don't know i think it's i think it might be national rankings because the rankings that they talk about for players 
don't, they don't quite match up. Yeah, because it's like um, uh, on the on the information site they have Harimoto as like number one, which he's not. Number we one should get a world. top twelve, like U.S. top twelve tournament. That would be so cool. <laughs> I mean, China does it, Japan does it. Yeah, a lot of other countries do it. Europe does the top sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool, cool to have. Yeah. Um, so Tomokazu Harimoto won um, gold. He won last year too. Um, he beat Kokiniwa in the finals, uh, which was a a good match. It's it's always nice because I I feel like Kokiniwa and Harimoto are good friends or something because after the matches they always. Kokiniwa is always, they're all always both like smiling at each other and stuff as they, as they shake hands. Um, yeah. Uh, Mima Ito beat Miyu Hirano to win, uh, which is not too surprising. She's number three in the world now. So, yeah. um, um, and Jun Mizutani didn't play, which is weird. So I'm not sure what's going on with him. I know that he had like eye surgery or new glasses something with his eyes yeah so and he hasn't really been playing very well and then a lot of tournaments where you'd expect him to play he didn't play so yeah one thing that's weird about that is a week before he um him and mima ito were playing uh in the mixed doubles they won um the silver medal Hmm. so it unless he got hurt or I don't know. Maybe he had something else. Maybe he was, he's kind of further on in his career. So I feel like he's not as much like has to play everything. He's definitely yeah, riding into the sunset kind of thing. Yeah, like so, he's kind of winding down. Yeah. So I wonder if he's just like, I, I mean, you know, Japan top 12, it's, it's a big, I guess, tournament moneymaker for the sponsors, but I don't know that it really changes anyone's world ranking or anything. So yeah, he probably, just decided to skip it. Maybe just take the rest. Yeah. And then we had the Marvelous 12, uh, which is China's top 12. Yeah. Just, I think it was like a week and a half ago. It was right after New Year's, I think. Um, what what happened there? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, the last Marvelous 12 they had, they, um, they had a big, it was like a big round robin. And I think it just ended with like a very short um, single elimination. Um, but this time they, they did, they almost inverted it. So it was a, it was, um, it's the same thing as the top 12, 12 best men, 12 best women. Um, but they started with a single elimination tournament. And then when they got to the final three, they played a group. Interesting. So you played everybody and basically the, the first person to win, win two matches, um, one. Interesting. Um, and so Fan Zhendong won that, which is, um. not really a surprise considering the a couple weeks earlier he took the Grand Tour finals. Um, what was really interesting is um, who took silver. It's this player called uh, Joe Kihau, and he is number 94 in the world. Um, he beat Ma Long, he beat Xu Xin, um, and he made silver. And uh, people have, have on YouTube, I'll link it in the show notes, they put together um, like a compilation of his best shots. Man, this guy is good. <laughs> he, I mean, some of these shots are just insane. And for somebody who, I mean, is just basically na- like com- coming completely out of nowhere. Like, I don't know. He he plays so good. I'm I'm curious if he's going to continue to do really good. This is why I don't think China is going anywhere anytime soon. Mm. Is because they have the top. Like Shushin, they have Fan Zendong, they have Ma Long, and now like and and well, I mean you can name <laughs> probably ten more, and now yeah. they have like ninety four in the world. No one's ever heard of him. Yeah, and he's second in Marvelous Twelve. And there's going to yeah. be another like handful of guys that we've never heard of. Sure, that maybe hasn't had the opportunity to play or, um, like maybe lost a close one to somebody, but is still probably top ten in the world. Like this guy Zhou Kikao. He like, I mean, he's probably better than everyone in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's probably, if he, if he played in tournaments, he would probably be top 10 in the world. Yeah. And he probably just hasn't had the opportunity because sure. China is so stacked with, with Ma Longs and Fan Zindongs and just, I mean, give him the opportunity and he'll be in the top 10 just like the rest of them. And yeah. there's gotta be, I mean, 
I hear about this all the time. Like this, this player is beating up on everybody, but no one's ever heard of him. And then he just disappears. Yeah. So I, I, I wonder if it's going to be like on Jay Hoon who, um, in the world championships, like surprised everybody. Cause he was like number a hundred and, um, who did he beat? He beat Harimoto. He got to the semifinals, I think. Or he got yeah. to the quarterfinals, I think. Um, maybe the semifinals. And yeah, from Korea, nobody ever heard of him. And he just came and just did incredibly and then didn't do good after that. <laughs> like it was like just a I mean, he was just having the tournament of his life, it seemed like. Um, I wonder if this will be like this, but uh hopefully we'll we'll be able to see the this guy play out more. Yeah. It'd be um, cool. For the women's, um, Xu Yuling took uh, the gold. Um, she is she. I, I was I was looking. I was using that new stat site to kind of figure out like uh, how Ju, what was Xu Yuling's um, kind of rise and fall because for a while there in 2018 she was number one for like most of 2018, and then 2019 uh, she hasn't been doing so good. She's number six in the world right now. I mean, which is. <laughs> Which is good, but not not as good as she was doing. Um, but yeah, it's it. She'll she'll oftentimes pop up and and um, do really good on tournaments, and then kind of go back to the background for a little bit. Um, she uh, she beat Chun Meng and Sun Yingsha in the finals, and um, because she won two matches, they didn't play anymore. So we don't really know between Chun Meng and Sun Yingsha who would be silver mm-hmm. and bronze. Gotcha. Um, Chen Meng won the world tour finals a couple weeks before. It's kind of a weird setup that they did with the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't heard of anything like that in the it's, past. It's kind of nice. Cause then, I, I mean, I kind of wish they would have played out the Chen Meng Sun Yingsha match. So we could have seen who would be second and third. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of times, like, especially with semifinals, you know, you kind of, you kind of have a tie for, for bronze. Right. Um, and the tie for silvers. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Yeah. Right. Um, so I guess, I don't know. I mean, I guess silver's, silver's good. And so if you can both get silver, I don't know. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, <laughs> they can both claim it in their resumes. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so moving on there, uh, end of the year, there were some interesting news with, uh, USATT, uh, since we're a U.S. based podcast i thought this would be something good that we could cover um the u.s olympic committee uh basically has been investigating usatt they actually like hired a law firm to do investigations of the usatt finances and the way that they handle um, complaints and issues and um wrote a letter at the beginning of december that said that the entire board had to resign Mm-hmm. Uh, basically they needed a fresh start. They needed to show that they were committed to fixing things. They listed a bunch of stuff that was, um, wrong. I'll link the letter in the show notes. Um, it was pretty scathing. It was pretty bad. And in my opinion, USATT totally deserved it. <laughs> like, um, the, that's not to say like, okay, so for, let me just start over. So the Olympic committee U.S. Olympic Committee, they kind of like, like bulldoze um, some of the smaller sports. They they just oh. like they kind of throw their weight around, and they, it's not uncommon for them to just like do this kind of thing. Maybe not to this extreme, but they have a lot more power than USATT has, and yeah. they kind of like to show that a little bit. Yeah. That being said, the the grievances against USATT were pretty bad. Um, and the, the board, um, USATT has been made it very like, we're not trying to blame any specific member of the board, but there are issues that need to be resolved and we do not want to lose our, our credibility with the Olympic committee. So you guys all have to resign. Um, that was coming from the president who she's a brand new president and I'm not really sure what I think about her yet, but she seems like she's doing a good job. Um, I, yeah, it's she's pretty new, so yeah. Um, well, the Olympic Committee also said that that's in their letter. It was like line one: the board has to resign, all right, of them. Right. So, 
Right. So yeah, the, it wasn't USATT asking the board to resign. It was the Olympic yeah. Committee asking the board yeah. to resign. Um, hopefully things get better. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. It's a lot of Politi- a lot of thing, a lot of political stuff. things going yeah. on. Um, a new board, a new fresh start. I'm I'm curious. If, so uh, I was I was reading the letter. The deadline for the board to resign was December eighteenth. The board did not resign until January 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were still some stragglers. And so I'm really kind of curious if the Olympic Committee will be like, okay, like continue on the reforms that they have listed on their letter or if they will – part of their – almost like their threat is that we will make a new USATT and you will basically be redundant. Right. So that was said in the letter. Like yeah. if you don't resign by this date, then yeah. – then we're not going to recognize you as a governing body anymore and right. there will be a new one. Yeah. Um, and then they didn't resign by the date. Yeah. Um, so not really sure how that's going to play out. Yeah. But, you know, in going in like as a, so they have to, or we have to elect as USATT members, um, we have to elect a new board. And I don't know who the heck would want to go into this. Like <laughs> who wants to be on this board with yeah. all these problems going into it and they have to try to solve it it's going to be a tough job for anyone moving sure. into the position. So um, I think right now that we have like two um, acting player board members uh, temporary until we get a new board in there. But that's going to be a tough job. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was kind of thinking like when I kind of imagined USATT being gone and basically the uh, Olympic Committee creating a new um, governing body – I kind of wondered, like, would that be so bad? Um, like, what would what would kind of the effect that like what how would that affect like training and competition for uh, Tokyo? For Tokyo, it probably wouldn't change a whole lot because um, they have like it's so late in the game where they have the Olympic team essentially all handpicked by this board, yeah. um, and then they have uh, one spot available so and that tournament is happening as far as i know it's already booked so to change it this late in the game i think would be a mistake Hmm. um but i mean who knows they might say okay usatt you didn't result or you didn't resign in time we're gonna make a new board this all the tournaments are now void we're gonna have a new olympic trial tournament i mean they could do they could do that they have the resources they have um organizers and stuff that could probably put it together but in my opinion, it would probably be a mistake. So. Yeah. Do you think um, – I'm just thinking of like players and their training. Um, I, I'm assuming that uh, coach – like the coach for the national team is paid by USATT. Is that right? Uh, yeah. It okay. Is. So like if they dissolved USATT, I would worry that they couldn't like kind of get things set up in time to like basically continue paying people. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, I would assume they would have to get new money into this new governing body right? Um, and have to start everything from scratch. Um, so I think part of the issue with USATT is that they don't really have any money. <laughs> um, <laughs> they had money that they don't know where it went kind of thing. Uh, um, so yeah, these people might not be getting paid anyways, I guess. Wow. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens, but that's... That's not good. Yeah, it's not good. All right. Um, let's um, let's do a T-League update now, and then we'll do um, Joey's Coaching Corner. Um, so so with T-League, uh, not not much has happened. They, they did have some more matches um, in the men's uh, side. TT Saitama pulled ahead of Astida for the number two spot, uh, but there's only two points separating TT Saitama, the Kinoshita Meisters and Estitas. So should be interesting. Now there's kind of more competition there, uh, which is good. Have you been able to watch it live or? <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. Um, I, I haven't really done anything to try to make it happen. Okay. Um, Bummer. Yeah. Uh, women's team ranking hasn't changed. and um, But there is a lot there are a lot of matches happening end of January and first half of February, and then it the season ends. So um, there should be on that um, YouTube playlist, there should be a lot of things popping up, uh, which should be good. Um, 
Cool. Let's move on to Joey's coaching corner. What you got? Okay. So one thing that I recommend for my students um, is it's usually a very good idea to record yourself either uh, practicing or uh, playing matches, meaningful matches at tournaments. Um, Sometimes when you're being coached, you feel like you're like, let's say you're crossing on your forehand um, and you feel like you're not crossing, but when you actually see it, it kind of makes it real for you. Um, And it, it helps you improve a lot of like when I was growing up in training a lot, I would record not every practice, but um, maybe like once a month or something every so often I would, I would record and see how it, see how I'm improving. My coach is telling me some one thing I feel like I'm doing some, I'm, I feel like I'm already doing that thing. But then when I see it, it's like, oh, I guess I'm actually not. So being a stubborn 10 year old or whatever I was, I don't know. (laughs) And then recording matches is also good. I actually have a hard time watching myself play matches. Um, but it's good to see yourself play, especially in tight situations. Like how did, what serves did I do? And why did I do that? Like, what was I thinking at this point? And just kind of like running back through it and, um, and analyzing yourself is pretty beneficial. I do it not as often as I probably should, but, um, sometimes people record me playing and post them on YouTube and I can go back and watch those. Um, cool. It's kind of nice because I'm well enough, I'm a good enough player where other people will record me and then I don't have to do any of the editing or anything like that, (laughs) which is one of the harder parts because watching a match where like, it's nice to just like, okay, here's the point. Okay. Here's the next point. Here's the next point. So it's, if you, if you record yourself, you can maybe edit it down. So cut out all the, the, the picking up the ball time between games and stuff like that. So it's a little bit easier to watch. It's, it makes it better. So cool. Uh, Those are my tips for the month. Awesome. Awesome. Well, now I gotta, I gotta record myself in our next uh, lesson. Yeah, totally. Okay, we're going to take a break um, because we can, and then we're going to um, – uh, this episode we are skipping Who's Who and Weird World of Table Tennis so that we can talk about our favorite moments of 2019 and our predictions for 2020. So we'll see you after the break. Yep. And we're back. Thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, 2019 was a was a great year, and I thought it'd be uh, really nice for us to talk about our favorite moments of 2019. Uh, Joey, why don't you go ahead and start out, start us off? Okay. Um, so some of my favorite moments of 2019. Uh, one of them was playing doubles with Danny, my coach, um, at the U.S. Open. We didn't win it. Obviously, we made it to the second round. Um, but it's, it was, it's kind of a unique opportunity because he's sure. such a legend in table tennis. Yeah. Um, and he coached me all my, like growing up. Um, so I, we've never really played a whole lot of doubles together, hmm. uh, cause he's had other students that were better than me, um, that uh, he would play okay. with. So playing with him at the U S open, this is, I mean, one of the biggest tournaments of the year in the U S and being able to play with him was just like really fun. That's awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, another favorite moment of 2019 was eating the Kasumi Ishikawa curry, the ping yeah. pong curry uh, on one of our podcasts. Uh, turned out to be really good. I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love curry in general, but I haven't actually tried a whole lot of Japanese curry. It's mostly cool. like Thai. Yeah. Um, mostly Thai, sometimes Indian. I'm not a huge fan of Indian curry, but Japanese curry was really good. So Cool. Um, and then, and probably my favorite moment of 2019 was actually just like a week ago. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I should say, we found out that my wife is pregnant. So we're, we're having a... Really? Our, yeah. You, <laughs> didn't having, t- you didn't tell me that. No, I wanted to save it. <laughs> oh, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So 
first baby. Um, wow. And then like a week ago, we actually got to go in and like hear the baby's heartbeat. You're blowing my mind here. <laughs> okay. So yeah. And then hearing the baby's heartbeat for the first yeah. time was just like incredible. Like one of the coolest things. So you're going to have a gender reveal party and have like a ping pong ball with the like <laughs> confetti in it or something. Yeah. So we've been Smash thinking it. about different things. Uh, my, my wife, she makes cakes. So she's going to have a friend, uh, make a cake and we'll have like a cake, either pink or blue cool. reveal party. So yeah, nice. that's, I think that's probably a few months away. I'm not really sure when you find out, but dang man, pretty exciting. Congratulations. And thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are my, my favorite moments of 2019. So well, how can I compare? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Maybe you should have gone first. <laughs> um, yeah. What was your, what are your favorite moments of, uh, of the year? Well, well, I guess I guess we had a baby together this year. Um, <laughs> we started the podcast. I think the first episode of of the podcast going live uh, was that was a big moment. That was super cool. Um, we had been talking about it a little bit, and um, I think uh, last month is like the two year anniversary of when I started taking lessons with you. So um, it was. Uh, it was cool. It's cool to finally get this podcast out, and it's really fun. Yeah, that is. It's been really fun to do it. So yeah. I'm glad we. I'm glad we, yeah. Then um, this year, I won. I won my. Uh, I, I played my first tournament, but I also won my first matches in a tournament, which was cool, um, because uh, winning is hard, <laughs> especially in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some. I I feel like there's definitely some psychological things you have to kind of get over. Um, Instead of like not just being able to play good, but also being able to psychologically like win. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then my, my other favorite moment was, um, was, uh, quitting my day job and, and going out on my own. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's kind cool. Of, kind of been a dream, kind of been something I've been working towards for the last like 10 years. So, um, yeah, it felt good. It was, uh, scary but good so. that's pretty cool that you're able to do that you have the skills to do that and you have the the like the game plan in front of you and you yeah. can you can actually do it it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty neat thanks yeah okay so let's let's look forward to 2020 um and so a couple of podcasts that i listen to actually actually like to do this they set out their predictions for the year and then the next year they look back at their predictions and see how they did. Um, and it's always super fun to do that. Um, it, one of the podcasts that I like does uh, it's split screen and they do, they do video games. So they do video game related uh, predictions and then whoever wins the predictions, uh, the other person has to play the video game of their choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I can't really, I couldn't really think of anything, uh, compare it like that would be, um, similar that we could do. So maybe we don't, we don't worry about, uh, we'll, we'll compare in a year and we'll see who, who won, who came the closest to being predicting the, the most correct. But, um, I don't know that they're surprised other than bragging rights. So I'm okay with bragging rights. I'll take full advantage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll start out. Um, I have, I have four predictions. Number one, uh, Lily Zhang is going to break into the top 16 in the world. Uh, so she, 2019, she went up 70 spots. She's at number 26. I think, um, she's got a ton of momentum. She's got a, had a ton of practice in 2019. I think she's going to think she's going to do it. Um, Harimoto and, or that's my, that's my protection. Uh, Mima Ito is going to win gold at Tokyo 2020 for singles. I think this is a real chance. Yeah, no, I think I, they're I, both very in they're, they're in position. They'll be in home yeah. crowd. There's a real chance of, of either of those or both even. And the key thing is that they have both been beating Chinese players. Like if, if you're not beating Chinese players, you don't have any chance. Like, Right. I love Koki Niwa. There's no chance. Like he's not getting anywhere near that. Um, uh, my third prediction is that T League is going to go international. We're going to be able to to see T League uh, outside of Japan. I hope so. Um, I was I I there's a 
similar league called B League in Japan. It's a basketball, Japanese National Basketball League. They live stream all their games on YouTube. Cool. So it's it's similar. It's not exactly the same, but I I, I get the feeling that somehow we're we're I'm going to be able to watch T League <laughs> internationally. Um, and then the last thing, this is maybe a long shot, but uh, a Pan American Table Tennis League is going to be announced. Um, I think Puerto Rico has a, a super strong team right now. Brazil has a super strong um, presence and America is like getting up there. And so I feel like it would make sense. Uh, an American league might be a little much, but I feel like a Pan American league, there's enough, I don't know, life insurance companies and <laughs> that, that they'll sponsor something like that. Get an airline um, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Airline. So, okay. So those are mine. Uh, what do you got for 2020? Okay. So my first one is that Canuck breaks into the top 10, similar to yours with Lily. Wow. Uh, I think so. He's been playing a ton of matches, tough matches in Bo- in the Bundesliga. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. doing pretty well. Um, he he plays close with China, and so with Kanak, he played Hugo Calderano at the World Cup. Yeah, uh, and he was up like seven th- three games to one and seven three, and just mm. had the match in his hands, and it slipped away. But he's like, he's just right on the cusp of being like one of the top players in the world and right. he's he's ranked number 27 right now which is down a little bit um but Calderano's number 7 in the world and Calderano's so. number 7 he's like I want to say he played Calderano maybe a year ago and mm. kind of got trashed oh, okay. by him and now it's like pretty even Much maybe closer. even Kanak yeah. is a little even better but just he's right there and I don't think he's going to beat the Chinese but I think he's he's right below them I think he's cool. even with Calderano. He beat Lin Yunju at the Junior Worlds or Youth Olympics, I think is what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lin Yunju is number six in the world. So yeah. he's he's beating or almost beating other top 10 players in the world. I think Kanak's going to break in the top 10. Cool. I'm predicting Mima Ito will be number one in the world at some point in 2020. Okay. Um, she might win the Olympics. That would be yeah. awesome and totally doable. She's moved up and she's number three in the world right now. Uh, which I think is her highest world ranking ever. Yeah. And it always seems like she's beating some of the Chinese and making it to the finals and sometimes winning the finals or else beating Chinese and making it to the finals and then losing close. Yeah. So, but the key is that she can beat the Chinese women. Consistently. Consistently. Yeah. Um, And I almost think like, I'm I'm a little bit surprised she's not number one already because- Mm the Chinese kind of all cycle through and she's always like finals yeah. or semifinals. Yeah. And she'll beat the Chinese in the quarters and the semis sometimes in the finals. So I think she's going to hit number one this year. Cool. Uh, my third prediction is that I'm going to make the Olympic team. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long shot, but uh, I'm going to give it my best and we'll keep you updated. That'd be awesome. My last prediction is Patrick Francisca from Germany will be mm. the top ranked German player by the yeah. end of 2020. I think Timo Boll is, I mean, Timo Boll has kind of been on his way out for a long time, but then somehow he still isn't like yeah. the top 10. Um, Timo Boll, I think is, is going to finally kind of drop a little bit. Mm. Uh, off he's switching to butterfly. That might be good for him. It might be bad for him. And it might take him a while to adjust. It might take him a while to adjust. Mm. Um, and there's probably a lot of pressure on him to perform really well mm. with this new equipment. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, it's maybe a long shot, but I think Patrick Francisca will be the top German at the end of 2020. Cool. All right. So we will, we will check back in January of next year. Um, as long as we're all still here and, um, see how we did for our predictions. Should be fun. I plan, I don't plan on going anywhere. So (laughs) I, uh, if, if, if all of these came true, man, it'd be a great year. It'd be a, a very exciting year to be um, in table tennis. And um, yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, upcoming events. Uh, there's quite a few uh, before our next podcast. So in the next month, um, we've got the um, Zen Nihon Takyu, uh, which is uh, basically the Japanese nationals. It's all Japan um, table tennis is what that translates to. The Japanese nationals are going to be January 13th. 
Um, then we've got the uh, World Team Qualifications Tournament, uh, which I had to do a little research into because I was like, what is this thing? So it's an ev- it's a qualification event for Tokyo 2020. Um, nine teams, both men and women, um, will play to qualify. Uh, sorry, nine teams, both men and women, will qualify. Um, they're one with the qualified teams. They can confirm two athletes for the singles in the Olympics, and a bunch of teams have already qualified somehow. So the USA isn't going to be playing. They've already qualified: China, Japan, um, Brazil, Egypt, Australia. So USA qualified when they beat the Canadian team uh, a couple months ago. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Um, Cool. So that should be good. We've also got the German Open, um, which is a Platinum World Tour event, the the first of 2020. Cool. um, At the end of January, January 28th. Uh, We've got the Pan America Cup, which is the beginning of February, February 7th, um, which... I think this is this is like the qualification for the World Cup at the end of the year, right? Uh, it is, yep. Cool. Yeah, for men and women. Okay, cool. Awesome. So that should be good. Um, and then at around that exact same time, we have the Europe Top 16, which is another big um, European tournament. So cool. should be cool. I Yeah, I love those those Top 16, Top 12s. Yeah. Those, are, those are pretty neat. Yeah, just the hits. Ones. Just the hits. Uh, well, great. Well, that is um, our first episode of 2020. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. I, uh, we will see you later. See you. <laughs> Table Tennis Talk is a monthly podcast by Joey Cochran and Ryan Lewis, edited by Ryan Lewis. Music on the podcast comes from Chill Hop Records. Find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And send us questions to tabletennistalk.com or on Twitter at TT Talk Podcast.